So, Natasha, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I know you're extremely busy. Yeah. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Uh, you've been in Kelowna for four years now. Maybe uh, tell us a little bit about how you discovered Kelowna, why okay. you chose to come here, okay. and tell us about that. Well, I've lived in the Lower Mainland for 35 years. I came from England when I was 30, and um, loved the Lower Mainland, but, and came to Kelowna years ago when it was just much smaller. Mm -hmm. And uh, now my husband and I have family here. We've got a daughter and uh, two children and a husband. And, of course, they were a big draw, so we said... Let's do it. We were living on the Sunshine Coast in Gibsons, and I'd been there for 17 years. And it was getting a little too restrictive. There's two good restaurants. So we've come to Cologne, and we're going, yeehaw, there's lots of great restaurants, and we still haven't explored them all yet. So we're happy about that. Can you name a couple of favorites? Well, we actually enjoy, for the coziness of it, is going to the company in Glenmore. Um, I don't know why, but there's something about the design of it that you go in and it's in our hood, so it's just down the road. Right. So that's nice. And uh, we love Earls on Top, of course, when it's sunny like mm. this. It's gorgeous. And um, we like uh, Dozo, the little Japanese restaurant, just for lunch or an early dinner, also nice. in Glenmore. So there's still lots to explore. <laughs> there are so many great restaurants yeah. in Kelowna. You might want to check out the uh, craft brewery oh, uh, yes. because of the patio. Yes. If, anything. if you don't like beer, you're still going to love the patio. It's amazing. Kind of close to Earl's yes, downtown. Yeah. yeah. I went for the first time the other day. Mm -hmm. So you are an author, yeah. and uh, you're into something called intuitive intelligence. Exactly. So tell us a bit about intuitive intelligence. What is that? Well, it's basically, um, I've been working as a spiritual healer, psychic, intuitive for a long, long time. I now teach psychic development workshops. And what I realize is that, A, we're all intuitive. We all have that gut feeling. We all get the spidey senses, that kind of thing. But so many of us are not listening to it. We don't know really um, that it's our access to genius. It's the voice that we can trust. In this day and age of cyber fraud, you know, you can't trust anything or anybody. Everybody's trying to scam somewhere mm -hmm. and it's like swimming through an ocean of sharks so um, what I want to empower people to do is to understand what it is how they can access it when they can trust it what it looks like how they can not just receive energy but also emit energy because thoughts are magnetic impulses and we're going to attract to us what we think about negative or positive. So the intuition is really a fantastic tool for making us become a lot more intelligent. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you know Benita Summers, who was on this show just a couple of weeks ago, and um, tell us how your work compares and contrasts with Benita's. Okay. Well, I know Benita, tend, she, she does websites, I'm not into technology. That's very left brain, so right. that's something she can keep. <laughs> and I know that she's more into business coaching. Mm -hmm. She's a psychic like myself. She does readings like myself. I think every psychic has their own style of reading. Right. And Benita and I have read each other, so we know what our styles are like. And uh, she has a fantastic following. I have a fantastic following. And uh, since I've been in Kelowna, Benita's really been a... I, I want to say a bit of a leader for me because she's been here longer. She knows the lay of the land. 
and I think kind of I find myself following her around <laughs> and we show up now at the same places. She's been very helpful to me in breaking into the Kelowna market nice. anyway. Tell us uh, how you got into psychic healing and, okay. and were you always like did you notice that you had certain intuition as a little girl or was it something that came later? That's a question I get all the time, Luke. And uh, my first book actually is about that journey. It's called, Ah, I Think I'm Psychic and You Can Be Too. <laughs> and I always say that if my mother hadn't been psycho, I wouldn't be psychic. Right. And that's the truth of it, which is sad. And I think I did know the truth when, when, when I was young. And I think we all do. But adults come along and they say, oh, you didn't see your dead uncle standing at the end of the bed, or that was just a dream, or you made it up. So we all tend to shut it down. And I think my mother told me, don't be so ridiculous. And I'd predict things, and she'd deny it. And then three months later, it would show up, and I'd go, nee, 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 nee. I'm right, right. <laughs> right. But I didn't think of it as a psychic or intuitive ability until I was much older. And when I came to Canada, I, I studied palm reading, at 22, I, I started flying as a flight attendant at the same time. So I used to grab innocent victims and say, here, let me read your palm. I don't know what I'm doing, but let me take a look. Right. And even from the get-go, I would think I was reading just from the lines, but then all these things would start emerging, and I would say, oh, I could see your mother is going to a hospital, or you know, you're getting a new car, or this kind of thing. And people go, wow, how do you see that in the lines? I said, oh, am I right? And they go, yeah. I go, Wow. <laughs> I think it's a coincidence, right? But eventually I kind of had to accept that I was able to see into the future. And then once I could do that, I wanted to know how I could see into the future. So I studied how I do it. Mm -hmm. And what I came up with is that we're all energy vibrating on frequencies mm -hmm. and that by getting into the frequency of my client or somebody that I want to tune into, I can actually feel, see, and hear what's going on with their energy in the present, what's gone on in the past, and what's potentially uh, going to happen in the future. So it's very much like ch tuning into um, a TV station. Go, I think I watch CBC. You get into the frequency, and you see what was on yesterday, and you know what's on today, and you probably know what's going to be on the next day. Right. And so I think we can all do that. Um, I also liken myself to a weather forecaster who based on current conditions, this is probably what's going to show up tomorrow. But we like know, we, we know that weather forecasters can also either get it wrong or get the timing wrong. And I can get the timing wrong because it depends on when that person is emotionally ready to accept that event, mm -hmm. to manifest that event. Is this something you get better at over time? And do you think this is something that anybody can cultivate? Absolutely. I think... The more confidence we have in it, and that's why I use the word empower a lot, because when people come to my workshops and we do these exercises, and they'll say, oh, I can't do this, Natasha, I can't read objects and tell you anything, and I say, yes, you can, and or I can't look at somebody and just get a sense of what their secret passion is, and people leave the workshops being absolutely... Uh, British expression is gobsmacked, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, I like what? That. I can do this? Yes, you can. And so I know that if we're open to it and we want it and we set intention for it, it's absolutely available to everybody. And I just think I get better at it or we all get better at it 
when we have more confidence in it. So I always suggest keeping a, an intuitive journal, writing down an intuition or a dream or a vision, mm -hmm. dating it, calling it, you know, the real estate office. Right. And, um, and then a month later, going back and visiting it and saying, oh my God, that, that happened, tick. Right. right. And then you get more ticks and ticks and ticks and you go, you know what, I can do this. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of that upward spiral of confidence and expansion. Yeah, it gets strong. It's like a muscle. Do you still keep a journal for yourself or is it, are you past that now? Uh, well, I have so many clients, Luke. I've read thousands over the last 40 years. And what I do do, though, is keep testimonials. When mm -hmm. people write to me and say, oh, my God, Natasha, I thought you were a crazy woman. Uh -huh. I thought you were out to lunch when you told me I was going to meet the love of my life, or drive a Lamborghini, or go to Singapore, and they'll write back to me and say, guess what, guess where I am, guess what I'm doing, guess what's happening, and I go, yeah, because I don't make stuff up, but it's still very nice for me to get those validations, because mm -hmm. it's like, no, I'm not crazy, this is good, right. <laughs> so I keep them in a file, and you know, we all have a bad days, and sometimes I will go and revisit them, and say, oh yeah, yeah, this is... Uh, this is valid. This is, this is the real deal. The real deal. Tell us about your business in this field. How long have you been doing it okay. as a business? Okay. I started reading, like I said, when I was 22, right. unofficially. But I soon went to parties, and I was like the party event. You know, right. <laughs> they put, stick me in the corner with a table. And I did that for uh, ten, uh, eight years before I came to Canada. Mm -hmm. And then I was doing it quote, unofficially, um, and for free, <laughs> right. for a long time. And then um, in my early 40s, um, I was living in Whistler, and I just, I'd open up and shut down because I'd open up so much, and, and a lot would come at me, and I wasn't trained. And there was a little bit of fear mixed in there, so I was attracting some negative people and some wacky people, and I'm going, I don't want to do this, so it shut down. It scared me a little bit, I have to say. And then when I got to Wesla, um, I was missing doing readings, and I said to this person, I'd like to read you, but don't, don't tell a soul I do this, okay? Right. Whistler's a very small place. And um, I got into a relationship there, and we were together for two years, and we got engaged, and a week later, he died. He just dropped dead with a heart attack. I know. So that was obviously devastating. And I think that experience catapulted me into the spirit realm as well. So it, it, I, it expanded my abilities mm. greatly. And um, I'd even predicted his death because when I first saw him, I said, oh, I see this big white light around you in two years, and I think you're going through this big spiritual transformation, and I'm here to help you go through it. But I didn't see it as his death. I right. just saw it as him opening up. Um, so when that happened, it felt like I... I left my job, and I just, a year later, I moved to the Sunshine Coast, bought a house, and I just started doing workshops, writing books, doing readings, doing work. I mean, it was crazy. But um, I just felt like I was, that was what I was meant to be doing, and I had to do it. So that's been now 20, 25 years I've been in, officially in business, doing this work. What specifically do you do now? Do you, do, do you still do palm readings? Do you read cards? Do you um, interpret dreams? What, what sorts of uh, services do you do? Um, I just do about everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
So uh, in a reading, if somebody comes to me for a private reading, whether it's 15 minutes or it's an hour and a half, uh -huh. I will do a psychic reading. I'll tune in, see where they're at, see where they're going. I'll look at their palms if it's an in-person. I do a lot of phone and Skype readings for people all over the world. Um, and I'll do cards. So that's just the readings. The workshops are, are massive. So I do dream interpretation. I do ghost busting. I've had some. Gr I've got some great ghost busting stories. Really? If you want to talk about that sometime. Um, so like haunted houses. Oh that, yeah. That sort of oh yeah. yeah. I've cleared. Actually, I can help realtors because there was a story on the Sunshine Coast where this client called me. She said, Natasha, my house has been on the market for two years. People come in. They go into the living room, turn around, and go right back out. There's something in the living room. Uh -huh. So I went up that day, cleared it, and apparently she sold it three days later, sight unseen. This man drove past, said, I want that house. So bingo, bango. So any realtors that can't sell houses and they want to call, Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth a try. I've got a couple on that list there you can see uh, that aren't selling. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, the market is a little slower, but some of them it's yeah. a little strange. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's worth a try. Yeah. Um, how long does it take you to read someone's palm? Um, I can, ideally, I like an hour to do an hour reading. Okay. But, you know, I do a lot of psychic fairs where people just want a quick 15-minute consultation. Right. It's kind of a teaser, you know, then they can come back if they want to go in right. deeper. Um, but... Um, I wrote the three books, because those particular books, um, I think I'm psychic, and ah, I thought you were dead, and other psychic adventures, so that people can know the stories and get more of a grounding in an understanding of how, it all, how consciousness works, right. so that when they come for reading, they get a lot more out of it. So I'm guessing it wouldn't make sense to try to read my palm on this show. It would take too long. Well, I could take a quick boo if you like. Sure. <laughs> if you're Why not? Yeah, that would be kind of neat. I think it'd be public. <laughs> sure. Okay, so the first thing, Luke, is I read the left, okay. and I explain to my clients that before you came here, you agreed uh, to do a certain journey. Some people call that the fate, the contract, the agreement. I like to call it the movie of the life. So while you were still in spirit, according to your soul evolution, you would have... Um, co-written with your spirit guides this movie of your life that's embedded in the left hand and in your soul and your subconscious in the right is what you're choosing to do with it and just a quick glance at your hands i can see you've got a lot of nice solid earthy energy you're very grounded um, i don't know if you've got farming anywhere in your ancestry but um, these are kind of earthy kind of hands you've got the square palm and the squarish fingers so that denotes somebody who's kind of earthy, down-to-earth, grounded, practical. I don't know do you, if you like anything electrical. Do you like fiddling with electrics in some way? Because I feel wiring all around you. <laughs> I don't think you're wired. I think that you're, you're playing with wires. So it feels like you might be good at fixing things with wires. I don't know, cars or stereo equipment or whatever. Um, you've got nice, solid lines. So this is the lifeline that starts above the thumb and winds its way down around the thumb to the down towards the wrist. So this is a lovely, strong line. And your lifeline represents how you feel about being in the life. So this line is going straight towards the Mount of the Moon, so, and it's solid. You don't have a lot of markings. This is the childhood in, in here. And most of us have stuff in our childhood. And I say in the second chapter of my book, we shall overcome. And normally in the childhood, we are presented with challenges that we might spend the rest of our life 
figuring out, you know, abandonment issues or alcoholic parents or abuse or a lot of moving or something like that. Um, but your lifeline is nice and solid, so you feel, I think you're very happy to be here. Right I get now. you're a happy, yeah. yeah, you're a happy guy. And this line, because it goes out towards the Mount of the Moon, it's going straight. So that's a, a sense of commitment, like I've got a job to do and by George I'm going to do it. And that might be being a good dad or being successful in business or, you know, if you're female, being Mother Teresa or whatever it is, you've got something that you've, you've got to do, you've decided that you're going to do. Uh, here you at the towards the end of the life. Well, this is in the last cycle. It's not even at the end. You've got this fork, which is very common, where the line divides, and this can be indicative of somebody who does two things later on in life, retires and still works, lives in two places. You might have a villa in Costa Rica. And Island. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's actually true. Yes, and um, and you like? Do you like cars? Yeah. A lot of car. I see a nice big car around you. Oh, nice. It feels well, too. Um, one, I don't know if you've got a yellow car. It feels like this is future. Hmm. And I, you know, I mentioned Lamborghini before. It looks like something like that. It could be a Camaro or something like that, too. I'm not an expert on cars, but um, it makes a lot of noise. You like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's going to. And do you have children? Yes, Luke, two yeah. Yeah. yeah, I feel like being a good dad is very important to you as well. I think that's what this line is about. And I don't know um, what your uh, childhood was like in this lifetime, or it could be another lifetime, but if there's something, there's a reason why you're committed. I'm going to do better. Yeah. I'm going to be a good dad. So they're lucky to have you. Here's your headline. It comes out of the lifeline, just above the thumb, and goes across the palm, and sometimes it slopes down towards... The rest there towards the Mount of the Moon. Yours, again, is nice and strong. Around 60, I want to say, you're going to shift. So that could be when you retire or move to the Cayman Islands or something like that. This is a more, when it slopes down towards the Mount of the Moon, it's a more creative time in your life. So it would make sense to me that you're tired, you're playing with your cars, you know, you're maybe you're writing a book or something. You're, play, you're playing, you're, you're having a lot of fun and you're loving that. So that's really good. There's a lot of sensitivity here as well in the headlines. So the headline really con um, conveys how you feel about yourself in this life. So your talents, uh, your challenges, your gifts, um, you know, literally what's in your head, in your ego-conscious waking state. So there's a lot of sensitivity here. I think um, if somebody looked at you sideways, you might take it quite personally. You know, mm. you're very sensitive. Um, so you need to read the book, What Other People Think of Me is None of My Business. Okay. <laughs> right, thank you. Um, I just say that to myself all the time. Yeah. Um, and it's true, it isn't any of our business because it's really all about us and our journey and how we see the world. So the more we love ourselves, the more we see how others love us. And those other, you know, 5% as they just disappear. Right. Um, here is your heart line. And your heart line, of course, represents, represents love. And so primarily it means how much you love yourself. Mm -hmm. And the more you love yourself, like I just said, the more you recognize other people love you. That's what we all come to do. That's all of our life purpose is to love self. Because we are a spark of this higher intelligence, this divine energy, mm -hmm. God, if you like, Allah, whatever you want to call it. It is um, our connection to ourselves and to that higher power. And again, you've got a nice... Heartline, there's sensitivity in there. I think sometimes you struggle a little bit with yourself and then 
um, you might struggle in relationship with others just a little bit. Mm -hmm. But it's because of that sensitivity. Sensitivity can be a curse, you know. Yeah. Um, I know all about that one. Now, ideally, the heart line wants to come up and bend and become in between the, uh, the forefinger and middle finger. So when it stops a little bit short, it can mean you're not loving yourself quite as much as you could, right? Yeah. Um, so that's where the area, I always look, there's an, always an area in life where the person needs to be working on. Sometimes it's health, sometimes it's love, sometimes it's our mental health, you know, that kind of thing. Your fate line is coming up from the mount of the moon. So that's lovely. That shows a lot of freedom. No wonder you're going to be going and playing later on in life. Mm -hmm. And I think you have fun with life anyway. I think you play anyway, right? Mm -hmm. yes. You're good at that. You could do workshops on that, Luke. Well, really, you could, because we don't know how to play. We don't. And so this line is nice, again, nice and solid. And it just shows that you're here, you're doing it. it what it means when it comes up from the mound of the moon that you have a lot of free will... You don't have any big, nasty karma that you're kind of making up for. Mm. Like some people have lives and I go, oh my God, you poor thing. You need to do some forgiveness so you can let the karma go. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you've got to keep repeating the same lesson. Mm -hmm. And if you ignore it or you resist it, you just got to come back and do it again. And it just builds. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a momentum that goes with that a negative momentum, but you can build a positive momentum as well. And I feel that because you're such a lovely guy and fun, loving, and a good dad, and you're sensitive, that you've got this lovely karma that I think you're, you're being allowed to have a nice lifetime this lifetime. I see people like this, and it's like, oh, that must be nice. <laughs> um, I know in my life, you can tell if you read my first book, all the train wrecks I had. Right. <laughs> I think, God, I must have been evil in past life or something. <laughs> but there were lessons to be learned. Right? Yeah. And the best thing you can do is say, okay, when anything happens that's like really negative, like somebody cheats you out of your money or you mm -hmm. lose somebody or you're in a car accident or something, there's a gift in that. What is, and to ask the question, what is the gift? What is the lesson? Because then it turns it on its head and it puts you back in the power, and then you can move forward. Mm -hmm. Even the, if you don't know what the gift is immediately, it will come to you. And so it's just how you hold the energy that counts. So that's the left hand. This is the right. Um, so I look at the difference between the two. Oh, yeah. Are we still good for time? Yeah. yeah. Luke Mankus is a realtor with Remax Kelowna. He loves what he does. We asked Luke if he had any regrets about moving here in 2011, and he always says, yeah, one regret. And that is, he didn't move here sooner. When Luke came here, he didn't know anyone. He didn't know the neighborhoods or anything or anyone besides his daughter, who was six years old at the time. So he knows what it's like. Now, he's an expert and has helped well over 100 single people, couples, families, and investors with their real estate needs in the Okanagan. If you're new to our beautiful city, Luke can help you get connected with great lawyers, dentists, carpenters, landscapers, swimming pool installers, you name it. And whether you're new to Kelowna or not, Luke knows real estate. He can help you find a great property, negotiate a good deal, and hold your hand all the way through the process until the day you get your shiny new set of keys. Luke is known as a no-pressure kind of guy. He's had clients where it took even a year or more to get them into a property. He just doesn't believe in rushing things. On the other hand, when you decide it's time to act, he's diligent, and he'll work day and night until the job is done. 
Give Luke Makas a call or a text message at any time, 778-215-4273. Again, that's 778-215-4273, 778-215-4273 to chat with Luke about real estate. Okay, so um, the lifeline is still going out. You see, it's very similar, mm-hmm. still forks. Some people's hands are completely different. It's like, whoa, we went to a new movie now. <laughs> but yours are uh, the same. You still got this stuff. I don't know, was your father very strict with you when you were little? Uh, my mother was. Okay. My father was mostly absent. Okay. Um, especially emotionally absent. Yeah. But he traveled a ton. Yeah. He was a businessman. Yeah. Because I do feel like you're compensating for the lack of father figure, mm-hmm. right? But, and that's why you're doing such a good job in your life. And, and there, there you go. You see, there's the gift. Mm-hmm. There's the gift right there. Um, the headline is going right across. And you see how you've got these little dots at the beginning mm-hmm. of the headline? That's just kind of, ooh, I'm not very sure about this. Right. You know, it's kind of what, what I call wobbly energy. You're right. not super confident. Um, here it ends up forking, which can mean you could write, you could become a writer. See, I've got, I, all I do is write. You know, I've written six books in the screenplay, and it's like, I can't stop writing. Right. Um, so you may, well, it would not surprise me if you wrote something. And it may not be a book book. It might be, maybe it's a podcast series, or mm-hmm. it's a um, TV series, or something that's fun, or a series of um, online um, you know, teachings, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, you're having fun with it, though. Yeah. And I think when you get going with your writing, you're very funny. You're yes. very funny. You like to be funny, and you're kind of playful, right? You've got this playfulness that's just delightful, sure. and people love that. You know, if they're having fun, it doesn't matter what they're learning. They're just having fun anyway, right? Here is your heartline again, and you see this heartline is a little bit better. It's coming up a bit more over here, and so I like that. And it feels clearer in the beginning. You see, you've got all this stuff. Yeah. Anytime you've got lines or crosses or triangles or loops, that tends to mean, ugh, it's work, right? When it's clear, it's literally clear sailing. Mm. So it's all good. Fate line is still coming up from the Mount of the Moon. You do have another branch that is a, a kind of what I call a fate, fate line, um, that in the beginning there was something you came in that you have to do. I do feel that on some level you're... Um, You've been a mystic in the past life. You've been a bit of a guru. Mm. So you've got this wisdom inside of you that comes that, that you know, you're not like me. I'm, I'm shouting from rooftops, right? Mm. But you're kind of doing it through being a realtor or being a dad or being racing fast cars or whatever it is right. you do. Um, but underneath that, you know, you probably said, oh, I've been a guru a few times. It's kind of boring. I want to go and have some fun. Right. I want to be ordinary or normal, right? And so I feel like but every now and then this wisdom seeps through yeah. you. So it's very, I do love to write. So. Do you? Good. Yeah. Good, good, good. Yeah, you're very creative. Mm-hmm. You're very creative. So whatever you're doing, as long as you're having fun with that, it's all good. Awesome. It's all good. There you go. Very cool. <laughs> that was so much fun. Okay. I didn't want it to end. <laughs> I know, some people want to say, can I stay here for coffee? Move in. Yeah, to my feet, toes, everything. I've had to come this week before. Really? Yeah, it's not my favorite thing. Yeah, Yeah. well, I wonder with... uh, 
pedicurists, you know, uh, they do yes. that because I would not. You know, some people have lovely feet, but I don't. in my opinion, most don't. Oh, no. <laughs> no. So, uh, I don't think I'd be a, a what would you call that? Uh, foot fetish? <laughs> or a pedo, pedo reader or something. <laughs> <laughs> funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Um, so tell us about your three books. Okay. Tell us briefly, and what is the difference between the three? Because uh, I want to get one, but okay. maybe I want to get all three. So. Okay. You're my favorite person today. <laughs> uh, so, well, the first one I wrote um, because I felt that, A, people had the wrong idea about psychic. And I wanted to... Psychic actually comes from uh, the Greek meaning psyche, which is the soul. You know, it's about the soul. And I know that the word psychic has a bad rap because there are some psychics out there who should not be, you know, should have duct tape over their mouth, basically. Mm. They can be dangerous because they give information that is incorrect, damaging. And I've had to help people, a lot of people come back from um, being told that they're not going to live past their 40th birthday or they're going to be in a car accident or die of cancer. It's terrible. Mm. So I wanted to kind of set the record straight. So I wrote the book and I told my stories. And right from childhood through, it's really the story about how I was reluctant to kind of fess up to being a psychic, although I was doing it. And I talk about my dysfunctional family, and I talk about all the times I made the mistakes, even though I, my intuition was kind of screaming at me, don't do it. And, and I think a lot of people love that book because I've written with a sense of humor as well. So I tell the story, and then there's a two- or three-page explanation of why that thing happened to me, why I attracted it, what the lesson was in it. So I talk about what's the difference between intuition and being, sorry, being intuitive or psychic, um, how we can manifest, uh, why bad things happen to good people, how we can overcome, understanding our own consciousness, our six levels of consciousness. Mm -hmm. So it's really very empowering. And people, teens and 70-year-old men and people who never read books say, Natasha, I love the book. And what's the name of that book? That's called, Ah, I Think I'm Psychic. And you can be too. <laughs> and then the second one is, Ah, I Thought You Were Dead and Other Psychic Adventures. And so that's 20 stories from my personal and professional life, being a psychic. And that's more about um, past lives, uh, ghosts, spirits, what happens after we die, animal spirits. Uh, something called uh, soul retrieval. And that's kind of an interesting thing where we've lived a life before and we've died suddenly or we've died in anguish and part of our being is still stuck in that life and we feel like we've got chronic fatigue syndrome or something's dragging from behind. And what we do is we go into a past life regression and we bring that piece of the soul forward and heal it and give it peace and then the whole soul is whole, and people can move forward, they have more energy, they feel at peace, They're, it's like a new life for them. Nice. Um, so there's a few stories in there like that. And then the third book is called Mostly True, Ghostly Stories. Mm -hmm. And it's ten stories based on actual events that I've actually been through, or friends, I used to be a flight attendant, and we had haunted planes. So... Um, there's some very cool stories. There's a UFO story in there. I know Benita's into the UFO thing as well. Um, I love it too. Um, and people love that. They either find it, oh, that was a fun read, or they say, Natasha, that was really spooky. 
<laughs> but what I'm doing in that book, although it's I kind of kind of somewhat little bit fictionalized the stories just to make them good stories, um, but the essence is is true. It happened to somebody somebody somewhere sometime, right. and um, it's teaching us about uh, to challenge ourselves about not just buying into this three three dimensional what we call reality in the physical realm, there are so many other dimensions. And whether we know it or not, we're flipping between all these dimensions in our sleep, uh, while we daydream, while we're driving, mm -hmm. watching TV. You know, there's so much more going on than our ego conscious waking state. And the way I like to describe that is the ego is like the tip of the iceberg just peeking its head out of the top of the water, but the real big stuff is going on underneath. And then there's a higher consciousness that is above, and that's our connection to our divine. That is, that's where the intuitive intelligence is. Mm -hmm. And we're working towards becoming more connected with that, allowing ourselves to become more connected. So those are the three books so far. I've also written a fourth book, which I'm just about to work on getting published, called Flight of Your Life. And that's my very hilarious uh, short-haul flying stories when I was a flight attendant in England, flying all around Europe. Uh -huh. And then that's followed by Flight of Your Life Long Haul, which is um, when I was flying from the UK to the States, Barbados, and other places in the world. And really, you know, those stories are a lot about working together, under pressure, you know, things don't always go the way you want them to. Uh, sometimes it's scary, sometimes it's hilarious, sometimes it's sad. Um, but I want to use those stories as examples of how we can improve our working environment in offices because a lot of my clients come to me from toxic works, work environments. Mm -hmm. And I think, gosh, I need to go into companies and say, come on, let's see what's going on here, what's working, what's not, and how can we uh, clean it out? Mm -hmm. How can we refresh it so we can work more cohesively as a team, increase productivity, and have fun and make money, right? Um, and there's a, my new book is, we're still playing with the title, but I'm thinking about call it, calling it Intuitive Intelligence, Tapping into Your Own Superpower. And it's talking about intu intuitive intelligence versus artificial intelligence. And artificial intelligence, as we know, is becoming very scary. Mm -hmm. And how do we know what's real, what isn't? And the only way I think we can know is to go back inside and trust that inner voice. Yeah. I'll often step back my, from my computer and go, okay, what's going on here? And I'm, I'm getting the heebie-jeebies here, so I go, no thanks. Yeah. And, or I walk away from it and leave it for a while, and then I go back, and then the answer comes to me. Um, so we need to check into that first, the intuition first, and then go to the artificial intelligence. But right now I feel we're giving all our power away yeah. to it, and that's not healthy. We're languishing, you know, we're operating separately on screens, on, on our homes and yeah. cafes and airports, and, and we're talking about being more connected. I just laugh my head off when I hear that. Yeah. Uh, suicides, so yeah. yeah, suicides are increasing. Um, society is kind of losing its humanity, I almost want to say. Yeah. Plus all the nasty stuff that's being presented to us mm -hmm. on the news and videos and games. Uh, we need to get back to being warm and fuzzy, sitting yeah. together in an office like this. I love doing this. Um, and just having fun together. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Very true. 
So maybe tell us a little bit about the publishing aspect. Do you have a publisher or do you self-publish? How, how does it work? Do you type it up? Do you have an editor? Maybe just a little bit about the process. Okay. Well, the process is long and arduous yeah. <laughs> if you're going to do a good book. Right. A lot of people write books and they don't, even publishing houses now don't hire editors. I self-published my first three. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to wait to find a publisher because the average rejection level, I think, is about um, between 25 and 85 rejections before you get a publisher. Yeah. Um, not that I buy into statistics. Um, so I self-published. I spent a fortune on editing because I wanted my books to be really easy to read, really accessible and professional. Mm -hmm. And people love them and they, they compliment me on the writing all the time. Um, I was fortunate I had a fantastic team on the Sunshine Coast of editors, copy editors, substantive editors, um, artists, graphic designers, that kind of thing. It's a lot of work, but it was an education. Um, I did, for the first book, employ Trafford Publishing, and if there are any writers out there, please don't use them, because I said specifically for them not to put my book on an email format at all, and ten years later, they stole it, and they started selling it wow. under their name, and uh, <clears throat> it's still haunting me. <laughs> uh, so I just warn anybody against them. They are—they do have a very bad, bad name in the publishing, in sub-publishing industry. With my these latest books, I am going to take them to a publisher. I'm working with uh, the intuitive book with a book strategist down in the U.S., and she works with the top nine agents in the, in, in the U.S., and so we're going to develop a book proposal. And she said something very interesting. She said, you don't take a book to a publisher, Natasha, you take a book proposal, because then the publisher has some influence on, well, this would work, that won't work, we'll do this mm -hmm. cover, that title. So I'm surrendering now to the, the powers that be, right. because I want the intuitive book to go really big. It's a mainstream book. I want to change the world. I want to empower people, nice. lighten people up, have them be happy in themselves, and spread some happiness around. So I want it to be the most efficient way mm -hmm. to get to as many people as possible. Wonderful. Yeah. So if we wanted to buy one of your three books mm -hmm. today, is there a website, or how, how do we get yes. them? Okay. Thank you, Luke. So um, on my website, my website is natasharosewood.com. Mm -hmm. So you can go directly there, and there are links which go to Amazon. You can go to Amazon. Um, I do have books um, in chapters in the chapter system, and another new store I've started working with called Divine Inspired Gifts and Gallery in Glenmore. Okay. They've got my books. Uh, Dare to Dream, I think, still has my books. Um, and if you come to me for reading, I sell them to you privately, no tax. Nice. <laughs> and I sign them for you, so awesome. uh, there, are, there are lots of different ways to get them. Great. Well, thank you so much. That's yeah. super interesting. Off the top of your head, okay. please name one person mm -hmm. in the city of Kelowna okay. who you find to be a fascinating person okay. and that you would love to see come on this show in the future. Well, apart from Benita, of course, <laughs> um, this, this person actually is in Kamloops, so is that okay? Because yeah, sure, we can maybe telephone. Yeah, she comes to Kelowna as well. She's very involved. Or we'll and do it when she yeah. comes. Okay, yeah. good. So. Um, her name is Mariana Harangozo, 
which is Hungarian for bell ringer. And she is the owner of a beautiful place called the Akashic Ranch. I just met Mariana about a month ago at Sun Peaks Wellness Fair, uh, just outside of Cologne, uh, outside of Kamloops, and we went up to her ranch. And I'm actually going to be there this weekend uh, with Benita doing a psychic fair in a horse barn. Yes. <laughs> and it's called the Stoke Fest Psychic Fair. Uh, there people are going to be camping out. There's going to be a food truck up there. There are teepees out in the field. There are seven beautiful horses running around. Wow. And, Sounds amazing. Oh, it's so quiet. I recommend looking, going to the website. Uh, because Mariana has quite a few events, so I'm going to be up there also in September doing a talk on who were you in a past life, and then doing group past life regression, and then doing messages from spirit as well. So that's Saturday, September 1st. Wonderful. Yeah. So awesome. it, she's, um, I just think she's brave and interesting, yeah. and she has three lakes on the property, and there's lots of little UFOs flying around. <laughs> and uh, it's a healing place. It just, by going up there, you feel rejuvenated. Well, thank you so much for your time, Natasha. And I wish you all the best. Thank you. And hope to see you soon. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was great meeting you and reading you.